you tell me your name, please? Is that everyone? You wanted more? You could not live with your own failure. Hello and welcome to Blipped In. I am your co-host as always, Alan Ramich. Join with me today as always, my co-host, Kwame. Kwame, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing good, doing good, man. We just got off the the, the series finale yes. of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, what a ride this was, man. I mean, definitely, I think, met most of my expectations, you know, Great, great series and great character development. It's just, man, Marvel continues to push the envelope, you know. It doesn't shy away from, you know, creating this deep, rich universe of many different characters, as well as, you know, addressing current political and social issues. So, hey, I'm, I, overall, I'm very pleased with this with this finale. How'd you feel about it? I, um, and obviously we'll, we'll go into it in more depth. Yeah. There are parts that I'm still a bit not iffy because I think the finale in itself was good. Yeah. But I think there were unanswered questions, which we'll absolutely touch on yeah. sooner. But obviously they don't want to answer all the questions in this setting, right? They want you to be hooked on more Marvel content, which, you know, pertaining to obviously we'll touch on the rest of the episode, but pertaining to Marvel, we are obviously getting a, Captain America 4 movie with Sam being Captain America, which I think is incredible, right? Like, I'm so excited now. That's going to be awesome, man. Like, I wasn't sure if we'd see it back on the big screen, but to get the guarantee that they are, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time, man. It's going to be a good time. So let's just transition, because we did get a little bit of news, you know. We got got the Shang-Chi trailer, first of all. Uh, Mm. I want to touch on the Shang-Chi trailer first. What did you make of the Shang? I know obviously it's only a little bit of a teaser, but it's got me more excited for Shang-Chi. I cannot lie. Yeah. And I think we, we talked about this a while back that, you know, I don't, didn't think I'd necessarily feel any real excitement for it until we got a trailer and we did. And it honestly, it looks great. Doesn't look like your standard Marvel no. film, but I'm not bad at it. I kind of like the style of the style of it. Um, I kind of like the the little bit of the tease they gave us, but I mean, I'm sure the action will be great. It'll be a lot of you know hand to hand martial arts, which would be fantastic. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for you know the Ten Rings, as you know they're kind of like you know similar, not quite exactly the same, but you know do have you know powers that are Infinity Stone esque. So I'm interested to see yes. how that's incorporated, and even just to see. If you know Shang Chi gets them and does he utilize them, you know, with his character f- moving forward. But I'm interested to just see all the new characters that'll be introduced and h- how they'll you know integrate into this universe. But you know, I'm not mad at it all. I really did enjoy it. I saw some people that were you know felt like some of the action looked you know very Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon esque. But I mean, you know, I'm not mad at it. I mean, I'm sure they're catering to the style of you know the the Eastern world, so I'm not mad at that at all. I. I'm I'm excited for it, man. The 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 first the first trailer got me hyped. I'm excited to see more and more as it gets closer to the date. But I, I enjoyed it, man. I liked it a lot, and I'm ready for it. Definitely, man. Definitely, and you know, um, just before we move on from Shang Chi, I think it, it it's a it's a bit of a throwback to um like 
old school martial arts films is what I got the vibe of, but just yeah. a modern environment. And it being a Marvel film and being like that, I think, and obviously we'll, we'll get some type of mystic because, you know, like you mentioned already beautifully, the the whole um, set, the Ten Rings thing, it, mm. they do have powers-esque to the um, Infinity Stones. Yes. So there will be some, you know, modicum of, you know, out of this world nature because I think you need it in a superhero film. Yeah. But also just having this hand-to-hand combat, I think, solidifies the you know what we thought about um you know marvel um developing these different areas of the mcu itself that that can intertwine eventually but also have their own very distinctive paths as well yeah 100 percent. you know like you said the or the martial arts portion hasn't really been explored too much in the mcu itself i mean you know there's been like the iron fist tv show and stuff like that but we haven't gotten too deep down into the martial arts aspect of you know the mcu it'll be really dope to see as this is sort of that first entry into that you know subgenre. but yes. man i'm i'm locked in i'm ready for it so you know like i said i wouldn't get excited till i saw the first trailer and i saw the first trailer and i was excited for it and i mean it blew the hell up too the trailer was watched you know like 51 million times in like two hours so like it was, it was flying so it seems like a lot of people are excited for it and again it, this is our essentially our first new character that's been introduced in quite some time so yes i'm already for it as, as well so it, 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 i think it's going to be a great dive into a different type of marvel as well mm. which which is what i think phase four is like you know obviously with miss marvel with hawkeye with all these new ventures coming out of Secret Invasion as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to get a lot of new stuff, which I think is very exciting because, like, you know, there's only so much you can do off just making all the movies about Iron Man and Captain America, right? Like, yeah. you need to expand that universe. And, you know, knowing Marvel that, that they'll do a great job like they have with, you know, with Falcon, the Winter Soldier, John Walker, um, Wanda, Vision, the list goes on and on and on, right? Yeah, and also I really do like how they are able to pull heroes that necessarily aren't the aren't household names. I mean, the first three phases, most of the the superheroes were pretty well known. Obviously, you know Iron Man, the Hulk, you know Thor. Those guys are Captain America. Those are pretty well known superheroes. Mm-hmm. But I like how they've kind of pulled out you know a few lesser known names and kind of bringing them to the forefront of, of you know the mcu and giving them their shine you know honestly until i heard the announcement of shang chi i didn't really know much about him at all i'm sure a lot of casual fans knew nothing of this character but now he's going to get highlighted he's going to be a part of a major film he's going to be part of this marvel cinematic universe moving forward in this next phase so I think it's really cool that they're going to give, you know, some more minor characters a bit of shine. But, you know, I, I have no doubt in my mind that they will execute it beautifully. Definitely. 100% agree with that, right? I've, I'm really, really excited to see where it leads. Um, so just want to move on to the other bit of big news that we got, um, you know, this week where it seems like we haven't got official confirmation of it yet, but all the big outlets are breaking it where... Sony and Disney have agreed on a deal where all the Sony Marvel films will be on Disney Plus from now on, starting from 2022, and that includes No Way Home as well, which and Morbius and Venom and all those guys, which is a huge deal because now we don't have to scour the internet to find 
another place to watch Spider-Man or something like that. So I want to get your take on it because I think this this might potentially make Disney Plus even more attractive for people, right? Because then you have all the Sony catalog, Marvel catalog on there as well. It's definitely a bigger advantage. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And being able to expand it, I know that was always a, a thing for me that I was like, man, I would love to watch some of these Spider-Man movies. Or like when I w- went through before, um, or just like this past year, uh, re-watching a bunch of the Marvel films, you know, Spider-Man's always the one you got to go to some other source to find out. You got to check it, see if you can check it up on TV or, you know, whatever other streaming services you may have. But kind of really get all into Disney Plus will be great. Um, Kind of just could have that continuity of being able to view all the Marvel content in one spot. Um, shame that we won't be able to get premiere access for, you know, the Sony Marvel films, which, you know, obviously probably has quite a bit to do with, you know, money generation and a bit of greed on Fox Sony's Sony. end. But I mean, this is a this is a huge venture in its own just because obviously moving forward, I mean, Spider-Man for, for the most part is, you know, one of the staple characters for... The, 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 the MCU, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love who lo- doesn't love themselves from Spider Man? I mean, he's always been a very polarizing superhero, and obviously, he's more or less been carrying the franchise on its on its back. So, hey, especially I'm, during the early two thousands, right? Like, yeah. So, if we can get all those, you know, different iterations of Spider Man, we get the new stuff and all that, you know, we get Venom, like you said, and kind of be able to have all this in one spot to be able to enjoy all the Marvel content. That is a blockbuster move. That is a power move by Disney and Sony. Glad they were able to reach some agreement. Now, next thing they just need to hash out is getting that, getting us that premiere access. And then this will be a perfect service. Then we can do 10 out of 10 on this move, right? Yeah. Right now it's a 9 out of 10. Exactly. They're just missing one component. Oh man! If if we got premier access on Spider Man, oh, perfect. It'd be perfect. Like I, I do want to make this point because we have touched on premier access a lot, like the past few weeks. Whenever we talked about news and stuff, yeah. I think I think they just I think big these big movie streaming companies just need to embrace the fact that streaming's the way things are going now. Yeah. Right? Like people people still I, I'll I'll still go to the cinema to watch it you know, two or three times as I would anyway, right? But having that opportunity to watch it at home as well, especially for people like me and you and other guys who and girls and people who cover the MCU and, you know, breaking down what, like what we do, having that on demand whenever we want to watch it and as long as we pay a fee, I think is really, really huge for the industry, right? Yeah. And I think, I think it, as soon as they introduce that, I think it'll be super super huge i'm just hoping that marvel doesn't just do it for black widow that they keep this premier access thing going because i think it's really really cool yeah i agree i mean yeah black widow's the only one we've heard of officially officially being mm-hmm. the premier actions we don't know anything about shang chi we don't know about the eternals and obviously we won't be getting spider-man but after that no. it's doctor strange so yes. hopefully that these that hopefully you're right this trend does continue because i mean at this point what does disney have to lose i mean they've already proved that the model can work it, it you know and obviously you cut the middleman of the movie theaters out and you get all the proceeds. So I, I I hope they can continue this trend. I hope this becomes a thing. So every Marvel experience you can enjoy from the comfort of your home, or you can go out to the movie theaters and watch it however you want, depending on who you are, different strokes for different folks. It is what it is, but you know, I, I, I am a big fan of the premier access and I know 
I will be tuning into Black Widow Premiere Access. And if they give me everything else Premiere Access, I'll be tuning into that as well. So hopefully Marvel keeps that. I will have that £20 saved or $30 saved for every single Premiere Access for Marvel. Yeah, it's a no-brainer to me. Like, it's a no-brainer. So, I, like I said, I hope they continue that. I hope that at some point they can strike a deal with Sony and get that access as well for their movies when they release their Marvel, you know, themed movies. So, we'll have to see, but, man, it's, it's, I, 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 I'm a big fan of the, the digital movement. I mean, you see HBO Max has been doing it nonstop. All their movies... Mortal Kombat simultaneous release, you know, yeah. yeah. Godzilla vs Kong drop. They're gonna do Space Jam: A New Legacy the same way. So, hey, embrace the digital movement. The more options you give people, the the more people you can touch. In my in my mind, so. And also, selfishly, I don't want to be going to the theaters with a notebook on me, talk making notes about the new Spider Man film. But that's right. just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel that. Because because there's there's something special about the cinema, right? Like yeah. you just want to go and be immersed in that experience. What the on stream or on demand streaming platform, I should say, brings is a modicum of you can go and rewatch things that you couldn't do in a theater unless you go and sit through the entire thing, right? Yeah. And I think that's vitally important because people might get the whole context of the film, but they just want to watch a part of game. And then I think that adds a whole different element to things as well. Yeah, you can't even get up to you, you have to you know you can't even go to the bathroom in a movie theater without no. missing something. You know, Premiere Access at home, click pause, go use the restroom, come back, press play. I mean, you want to make some food, you got to go do something. Your mom's calling you to go do your chores or whatever. You can pause it, go do Shout what you out need to, to our come back. Audience. Yeah, but you know you can't do all that in a movie theater. You know, I, so I understand it, it goes both ways. I think for me. Offering both is the best way you can go about it. I agree. I agree. Because like I said, it won't stop people going to the cinema. No. Because what I think will happen now, I think numbers, box office numbers will rise now, actually. Because people will be really happy to be able to leave the house. Mm. So you'll get both still. I think you'll actually get more money out of it. So it's a no-brainer in my book anyway. And as long as Sony embraces it, I think, you know, I, I, I for one would be really happy to see that change. Even if it's not on Disney Plus, let's say they just release it themselves on like their own platform. Yeah. Like a HBO Max, like you say. I think that's a really cool thing to do as well, right? If you don't want to split the money with Disney, you don't have to. Yeah. But like, you know, embrace the movement, Sony. Yeah. You do such a they do such a good job with their consoles. Like that's what I don't get. Yeah. Reach as much of an audience as you can. That's how I see it. Reach as much of an audience as you can. Get as many people as possible. I mean, there may be some people that are on the fence about, you know, seeing the movie or not. If they could literally just open their app and click buy, that's a lot more enticing than, all right, I got to find a movie time. I got to pick my seats. I got to go to the theater, you know. Got to buy the snacks. Yeah, like when you could just gather the whole family around the couch and hit play and boom. So, I mean, there's some people that want the experience of the movie theater. There's some people that just want to experience it in the comfort of their own home with, you know, a DiGiorno's pizza that came out the oven. Let the, let the people have the way they want. Let it be accessible to everybody. The more ways to access it, the more money in my mind. I don't have any, you know, numerical proof to say that, but that's how I, that's how I see it. So, And especially because all these companies are capitalistic as well. It just makes no sense to me. Yeah. Like, that's true. That's the biggest thing. So yeah, now we, 
we've touched on obviously the whole Sony thing, and I for one can't wait for that. Mm. I just want to, you know, obviously we're going to break down the Falcon Winter Soldier episode six next, but just to give a rundown to all the people that do listen, um, after this week's episode, what will happen is we'll start breaking down other things in the Marvel Universe. We'll probably have a Snyder Cut watch in the next few weeks as well. Me and Quan will try and break that down for you in less than like an hour and a half. I don't know how it will be possible on a four and a bit hour movie, but we'll try for you. We'll we'll do it for you guys. Don't worry. We'll also have some guests on. I'm very excited for that. Yeah. A, a, A different venture, hopefully a different voice to mine and Quan's where they bring a different perspective to this whole Marvel thing. Just wanted to keep the people updated, you know, obviously. And thank you for your support. Last last episode was by far the most listened to on Spotify and Apple Music and Apple Podcast, sorry. So I just want to thank you all for that as well. Yes, thank you all for tuning in. Love you guys. Hope we can continue to provide that that premium content. And you know, thanks for rocking with us. Only fans coming soon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shout out to our group chat. <laughs> so yeah, let, you know, I just wanted to, you know, plug plug our listeners there. You know, thank you so much again once more for for supporting us. We really do. You genuinely appreciate it. So, you know, with with, with all the nice words out the way, let's just dive into episode six, man. Yeah, you know, let, let let's dive deep into it. Yeah. So I mean, this episode is quite the you know the the home run in my opinion uh we start off with a lot of action you know for 50 minute yes. episodes like the first like 25 minutes is just you know little talking a lot of punching so mm-hmm. i'm not mad at that you know we got to see a lot of uh, of what we saw in, ep- in the first episode with sam doing a lot of you know aerial acrobatics except this time he is the shield which is which is pretty dope we got to see you know the return of red wing there's actually two red wings now which yes. is even cooler we have to see his new suits so many you know new aspects brought into this th- these scenes but i mean for me it's just so much action and that's what this has kind of been you know for the most part um i really love sam's new out new superhero costume i really do like the 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 touches to it um it's it's you know the perfect hybrid between his falcon costume and the captain america costume and you know i was excited to see him i knew we we i mean there's been previews of you know the toy that had been released before but it's really cool to see him actually wearing the outfit people seen the comic book outfit and they stay very true to that so i like that they kept the source material there but man here we are sam is here they're over in new york um after the, the Flag Smashers have, you know, attempted to kidnap and, you know, force a different vote from the GRC members. And, you know, Carly, thinking worst case scenario, if we can't get them to change the vote, we kill them. And, you know, continue our movement because even if we die, the movement will continue to go on. So, yeah, man, a, t- a whole lot of action. Um, a lot of punches in the face. Definitely. <laughs> so I'll, I'll let you start the breakdown of it, you know, as, as you eloquently do. Um, you know, because I, I like it when we switch things up. I like it when you start sometimes, I start sometimes. It just yeah. gives every episode a little bit of a different feel. Yeah, so I mean, we start off, um, obviously there's the mayhem at the, the GRC meeting at, you know, New York. Um, Bucky and Sam are kind of split up trying to figure out mm-hmm. how they're going to control this situation. Um, Bucky on the, on the ground kind of runs into um sharon she has like a weird 
weird. Oh, I don't know what that's called. Like a face. It, it's it's a, it's a photogenic veil for people. Is that what it's called. Yeah, that's, that's the called. official term. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Shout out! Well, shout out to my guys on Marvel Unlimited. Look at that photogenic veil. So as they 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 begin to you know evacuate the GRC building, Sam shows up. You know, through the window, throws his Captain America shield, flies in through the window, and boom, there he is as the new Captain America. Then we get our good old friend, Batrock the Leaper, and, you know, they have a little bit of discussion. Seems like Batrock's really mad at this guy. Not quite sure why he's so mad at him, but probably because he did kick him out of the jet in the first episode, and they've had their little bit of skirmishes in the past, even when, you know, he was in the Captain America and the Winter Soldier movie. But, so, and obviously, he's been conspiring with the power broker and Carly, and you know, he secretly just really wants to kill the Falcon. Not quite sure why, but we found that out in the last episode when they met up in what it seemed like, you know, a national park in New York when he met up with Carly sitting there saying, you know, whatever it is, leave it to me. I want the Falcon, you know. So obviously they begin their fight and you know, they're going back and forth. You, the, the the witty banter. I'm starting to like Sam's appearance as a character because he's like that witty, bantery sort of character, um, kind of with the quips and all that. So mm-hmm. I'm not mad at the quips that he's no. starting to employ, you know, as he's going against Batrock, you know, the, the leaper. Um, then we got on the ground, we have Bucky, who's down there. Um, he He's walking through the lobby and he gets a phone call or a lady, sorry, a lady approaches him he's like hey it's carly and carly starts talking you know hey kind of giving a bit of her plan you know sam's like don't do this is you know or sorry not not sam bucky's like yo bucky, don't do yeah. this this is bigger than you you know sometimes you gotta you, you know you gotta just reel it in this isn't the right way to go about things and you know carly just kind of entertains the conversation a little bit but ultimately her main goal was just to distract bucky while you know, the GRC members are able to flee from the basement and her people are kind of able to gain control of the trucks. Obviously, Bucky didn't know that, but, you know, Bucky's not necessarily the, you know, most savvy dude. He's more of, you know, punch you first, ask questions later kind of guy. And also he just takes people at face value as well. That's Uh, the biggest thing. Because, you know, like, it all goes back to Steve with Bucky and Sam, right? Like, you know, especially with Bucky because, like, the only real point of contact he's had since he's entered this real world and not being the winter soldier anymore steve and the wakandans and they're both very if they say something to you they mean it right like there's no ulterior exactly very genuine very there's no ulterior motives like even with the wakandans right they'll tell you straight to your face this is what we want yeah and i don't think bucky still grasped that aspect of life yet yeah, but I mean, he's, you know, 90 whatever years old. He's like 96, so. Yeah. But I mean, so obviously once, you know, he hangs up the phone and realizes that Carly was simply using him to stall for time, you know, he jumps on his motorcycle. At this point, everybody's just trying to make sure that the GRC vote members, the senators, you know, the other world powers, representatives are safe. That's essentially the main goal of this entire scene right here is just to make sure that the people are safe from the Flag Smashers. They have a group, they have a couple groups that had evacuated into, you know, armored vehicles at the basement, a group that had made their way to the roof to escape by helicopter, but Carly already has her goons kind of in place to hijack all of those vehicles. Yes. Um, but yeah, so we got, obviously, you know, Bucky's on the ground, 
Sam, after fighting Batrock, is you know happens to go out and fight in the sky, and that's where we get you know of something very reminiscent of Episode One, where again he's fighting in the helicopter, you know, doing all the aerial tricks, and it was really cool to see you know the shield and you know the Falcon combination, him and his aerial tricks throwing you know the shield you know through windows, you know protecting himself from helicopter blades, bullets, all that. I really did like it. Adds a whole new wrinkle to the Falcon's character. I mean. Granted, I mean, it is really just a shield, but yes. before he was just a dude who really did nothing but fly around and use Red Wing to, you know, shoot bullets and other random stuff. But to see him kind of, you know, use new aerial acrobatics with the, he the shield skills, itself, bro. yeah, it looked skills. dope. It was cool to see, you know, again, this helps open up the character of Sam and, you know, I really enjoyed this piece just from, you know, the, the, the action aspect. Definitely, definitely. And like you said, I think the whole action scene, you mentioned that as soon as we started recording, right? Yeah. The whole action scenes in this, I think, were, you know, like, you know how much, I, for all the listeners, you guys know how much I love Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't hide it. Yes. But the, the one criticism I always had with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. was, as great as it was, it didn't have Marvel production quality. It was like a regular TV show, right? Yeah. This doesn't this has you know all the production quality of a marvel film that's had like 500 million spent on it but is in a tv show which is incredible to me like i'm so glad they've gone down this route with both one division and falcon and the winter soldier right i think both of them have had this production quality where like you watch and you're like okay this is this is amazing right that's, that's that's my biggest takeaway yeah, literally full feature film quality, you know, not a beat skipped, doesn't no. look corny, doesn't look like somebody's being strung in the air by, you know, invisible wire. Like this looks like legit, you know, top notch CGI, whatever you may use. It's it's beautiful. So I, I love it. So yeah, we go back. It, oh sorry. It, no, no, I was just I was just I was just agreeing with you, Quam. Come on, yeah. you should know me by now. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Um, so now we continue on the ground portion, and this is where Carly kind of jumps in as they yes. begin to hijack, you know, some of the armored vehicles. And then we get our reappearance of our good old friend, not really our friend, but good old John Walker. You know, he's sitting there screaming, Morgan Thaw! Screaming <laughs> at like, Carly. Like, like a real American. Yeah, of course. And, you know, Carly's like, yo, like, hey, sorry, I didn't mean to kill your friend. I'm not trying to kill nobody who doesn't matter. And, you know, yes. this is the the the... the hilarious line that john says after this he's like you mean what do you mean so you're saying lamar's life didn't matter which man just screams you know all lives matter to me but you know whatever um (laughs) you know whatever um you know this is where yeah so john walker obviously sorry sorry to interrupt fuck derek chauvin i'm so glad he got found guilty on all three counts we need that more in america that's all i want sorry what, right. When I said Blue Lives Matter, it pops into my head. Tell me about it. No, you're right. Hey, it, it, I hope they bury that man under the cell. Put him in general population, too. So he oh, won't even last today. But he won't. But he should. Um, but obviously, Anyway, back, back to the Marvel stuff. Yes. So, obviously, you know, John shows up with his new self-made shield, um, still wearing his, you know, Captain America outfit. Um, you know, it is, you know, red white and blue all its glory goes and attacks carly after you know their quick their brief conversation about you know lamar being killed and obviously he's still trying to get revenge 
doesn't quite get it though. And again, this is how many times has it been that John Walker has gotten his ass beat? The, the, the Super Soldier is stomping this man out. He has lost every fight that he's partaken in in this entire series, just getting maxed whenever, out every time. Whenever it's an equal fight, he loses. <laughs> That's true. This dude's just getting maxed out. I guess he did murder a dude in cold blood, so I guess he can claim that victory if he wants. But every time there was a legit battle, he was just getting maxed out. They were stomping this dude out the, like he was a, like he's a cockroach, just yeah. stomping him out in the middle of the in the middle of the road. Which Jake you know Paul versus Ben Askren shit. Yeah, but until you know our good friend Bucky, after saving one armored truck that was you know basically on fire, comes and comes back and rescues John Walker. But you know. John Walker kind of getting beat up is, you know, just kind of the epitome of who he is. The dude's just, you know, in over his head. That's how it feels to me. It's just a dude that's been in over his head, thought the super soldier serum would move him, you know, to a whole different level, and he was still getting stomped out. So I'm not too great on that, but I, you know, it it, it was it's always good when I get to see John Walker getting his ass beat. So I'm not mad at that. Oh, hundred percent. It feels good, right? It, it feels really good. So, you know, like like the whole action part of this from the whole thing in the building to this part here where they're outside of the building where they're fighting um sharon blowing up some of a mercury bomb was wild uh batroc you know smoke grenades all that type of stuff it just felt like a real action movie to me even though it was like a 50 minute episode and the biggest takeaway i've had from these tv shows thus far is they just Especially with this one, because One Division felt more like a TV show. Yeah. This just felt like a movie split into six parts. Yes, absolutely. So I love that. I love the fact that they've told this story that's continuous for six episodes that could all be in one part. Like I could easily sit through all six parts at once. Yeah, uh, yeah. I feel and like you said, it feels like just one continuous run. It's a movie that was simply just broken down into six parts. Yes. Yeah. But moving on, you know, we have some more continued action between um, Sam in the air, you know, trying to dispatch the helicopter pilot while getting another person on the plane to, or sorry, the helicopter to pilot the helicopter. You know, they have a kind of synchronized attack, you know, within five seconds where they get that dude out of there. The lady grabs the controls. I thought that was cool. Obviously, it it sounds like this. Sorry. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. I, I saw people criticizing this, but I didn't get it. I thought it was such a great thing to do. First of all, Sam using Red Wing to hack into her phone to be able to text her about it. Yeah. I thought it was such a great wrinkle. I thought Sam getting that dude out of there was great because, you know, this was the only way he could save these people because if he just continued driving this helicopter, they would have all died. And that's obviously something that Sam doesn't want his people dying. He just wants people to get their justice, right? And that's what Captain America is about. You don't choose who dies or, you know, is saved. Your job is just to carry out justice, which again is the ideal version of America. Yeah, and that's precisely right. You can't. He, he, Sam Sam is a very smart dude. Like yes. he's a very smart dude, very tactical, very good at making plans and being able to execute them. But I mean, obviously, you can't just you know dispatch of a helicopter pilot and how how's the helicopter supposed to land? Not spiral out of control, so on so forth. So I mean. Him being able to use Red Wing to figure out if there's a pilot on the plane, talk to the pilot and say, hey, look, on the count of, on the count of five, we're going to count down to five, and, you know, you're going to grab the controls of what? Pulls the dude out of the, the plane or out of the yeah. helicopter, she grabs the controls, is able to save the people. 
you know, that's another, you know, example where Sam is able to limit all the casualties yet still be able to, you know, save the people, which is, you know, perfect of what Captain America, Captain America is and personifies. And this is all dude without powers, but I do really enjoy the technological upgrades to the suit. I mean, you know, this this Red Wing seems to be doing stuff that it wasn't able to do before necessarily. Just look at people and scan their entire profiles and be able to find that they have piloting history? Really? Hey, man. Shout, out, shout cool. out to Shory, man. Yeah. This is, you this know, is obviously Shory. This yeah. is Shory, man. <laughs> gotta, be, gotta be. But I love that piece. And then, you know, as John and um, Bucky are fighting on the ground, you know, we have an incident where a truck is literally, you know, kind of gone off and it's about to fall off this this construction site, some steel girders, and who's the one to save it? Sam. I mean, this dude doesn't have any superpowers, but he obviously is able to use the power, the propulsion power of his suit, along with the two new Red Wings, obviously. You know, the first one got snapped. Red like, Wing 1, Red Wing 2. One. And yeah, now he's got two of them, and you know, able to you know, use their power to help push this truck up. And this is, again, just a common dude that's able to do extraordinary things through, obviously, a little bit of help with technology, but just the willpower, just the desire to want to always be that hero. So Sam has been phenomenal on that front. And then the the fun scene that happens after this, you know, there's an older black gentleman in the crowd is like, there it goes, that's the Black Falcon. You know, a younger gentleman says, you know, nah, that's Captain America. And that's kind of, again, where it comes full circle that, you know, Sam doesn't he does and he's been saying this the whole time you know you don't need to put my color before my name I don't need to be yes. the black falcon I don't need to be the black captain america you could just call me the falcon but now he's obviously captain america it's not the black captain america it's simply captain america so I mean yeah, Steve's gone the the like, hero the heroism that Sam was able to do in this scene phenomenal man so phenomenal. so one thing one thing I do want to touch on while Steve is in my head. Yes. They've mentioned him being on the moon too many times. He is definitely on the moon. I mean, hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he was at this point. That'd be wild. Just We're going to get a scene. We're going to get a scene of them going to the moon in Captain America 4. I can already see it. <laughs> right. And and also, just on Carly and John Walker. Yes. I think Carly may have had the best one-liner to John Walker in the entire episode. Mm-hmm. Where she says to him, uh, "Let me just find it. I don't want to hurt people that don't matter." Yeah, like she's telling him literally to his face, "You're not part of this. This isn't yeah. your fight. Yeah. I am here to save these people from being relocated. Just because your country put you there in this role and then you're no longer there, you're irrelevant to me. We don't yeah. care about you." Yeah, and you and again. Matter. A, another personification of America in the sense that how many times has America involved themselves in something that they had no business being involved in? Yeah. Or how many times have they not involved themselves in something that they should have been involved with because they didn't have any ulterior motives there, right? Like, yeah. That's America. That is. So that is indeed. Before I forgot about it, I just thought a nice little one-liner that, that we should mention. Please that do is, continue. That is a fantastic point, though. You're right. I mean... John, again, and we've said this, you know, a handful of times in the previous episodes that John Walker embodies what America actually is, while Steve Rogers embodies what America's ideal, what it could be, what its ideal self would be. In the ideal sense, you know, everything Steve embodies is what America thinks it is. 
but what it actually is is what John Walker is. You Precisely. know, Susan does have a sense of justice, more or less, but does go over the top, does not consider other people's feelings, does not, not you know, does not necessarily care about always doing things by code, just cares about his own personal objectives. It's all right there. It, it is where it is. Um, but so, you know, this is where the point where obviously um, so after Sam is able to save the truck and he lands down on the ground where Carly, the super soldiers, Bucky and John are, um, you know, Carly, you know, rips off the rest. She's like, you of all people, you know, bought into this this superficial bullshit of obviously the the icon of Captain America, because I mean, they had talked before that, you know, the icon, the icon doesn't really serve him, you know, him saying him being a black man, you know, obviously he said, you know, hey, I'm trying something new. Maybe you should as well, which I think is a great point because this whole series, he's really tussled with being Captain America and not being Captain America. And obviously, he just took kind of a leap of faith. He's like, you know what? I think this is just where I need. This is just what I need to do. You know, whether people like it, hate it, it is what it is. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I think this is the right path for me. This was chosen to, to be my responsibility from the previous title holder here i am now so i thought that was absolutely fantastic as well just that little piece and then obviously batrock shows up and you know he's shooting his gas bombs out his grenade launcher and you know the flag smashers quote unquote escape but you know of course sam is without is not without technological upgrades he's able to track their footprints they run into you know i don't even know what the hell this thing is but it looks like more of a construction pipeline sort of. Yeah. I don't know what the hell this is. I don't know if it's a building, but It's whatever. a construction site. Let's just call it a construction site. We'll that's call it just it. the easiest generalization. So as they kind of all split up, uh, Carly, you know, reaches the, I'll call it a basement. That's what I'll call it. And, you know, she's looking the for- The basement of the construction site. Yes. She's looking, you know, for one of her partners, Dovich, I believe is yes. the name that she said. And, you know, who pops out? None other than Sharon Carter. And this is where we get our big reveal that I swear, if you didn't see this coming, you are blind. Because this is so in your face. Or yeah, or you didn't want to believe it. But this is so damn in your face. Like, my goodness. Sharon is revealed to be the power broker. Sounds like her and Carly have quite the history. Carly used to be a part of her group. As you know, they committed whatever the hell they were doing over Magipore. And that was the super soldier served as her muscle. Yes. Carly says, you know, I'm here to change the world. You're here to control the world that hurts you while I want to change it. So obviously that's where their ideals kind of split. And this is kind of where we get a bit of Sharon's background of kind of a little bit of what she's been dealing with. Obviously she feels betrayed by the world in a greater sense, you know, America, greater powers, bigger governments, whatever. And she wants to be able to now control those, those areas while Carly's like, yeah, I don't care about none of that. I just want to change it because what they were doing was wrong. Oh, there's a lot of people who are affected by their decisions. I want this to change. So they have this little exchange. Batrock comes in. He's like, oh, so you're the power broker. You know, he's like, well, I'm over these games. I'm going to kill Carly. And, and, you know, Sharon, you're going to need to give me four times the amount. Sharon says, I don't deal well with threats. Turns to Batrock, shoots him, pow. You know, Carly shoots Sharon, pow. And then, you know, looks like Batrock's dead. I mean, if he's not dead at this point. What's gonna kill? I think he's dead. I think he's kaputz. But you know, hey, shout out to him for making a reappearance. It's been a long time since we've seen him. I love George St. Pierre. He can appear on anything he wants, bro. Yeah. Like real talk. As as you know, I love my MMA. So seeing the greatest MMA fighter ever just appear out of nowhere in Marvel films never gets old. Yeah. Fantastic. So I interacted in the rock as well. 
Just oh, wanted to brother. throw that out there. Oh, brother. Oh, let's, let's he can act too... in two languages. Let's not get too controversial up in here. <laughs> he can act in two languages. Right. But obviously, <laughs> as Sharon's on the ground bleeding, crying, you know, whatever, Carly's standing over, Sam appears. And, you know, Sam goes to stop Carly from, you know, delivering the final blow. And, you know, Sam at this point is still in the mindset of he wants to help Carly. He, under- he, he understands her pain, but understands fully that the route she's going is not the right way that she should be going. So um, Carly is... They, they kind of have their little scuffle back and forth. And Sam's like, I'm not going to fight you. So at this point, Sam's really just defending himself, yes. trying to protect himself, you know, doesn't really care what this point is. You know, there's a point where um, Carly's, you know, continually attacking him. Sam kind of drops his shield and falls over. And she's like, you know, stay down. And at this point, I really believed Sam was going to get up and say, I could do this all day. I really I thought, thought he was I thought say it that. as well. I was like, he's gonna say he's, I can do. This I thought I thought it would have been perfect as well. Yeah, but obviously, you know, he doesn't say. He just says no, and you know, I see it both sides because I really want him to pay the quick homage to Steve Rogers, but I also get that this is just they're just really trying to carve out that this is a different Captain America. Yes. So I see it from both sides. Me, you know, being you know a greedy fanboy whore, I want to see him say, <laughs> I can do this all day. Shout but, out to our guy now. He'd say something like that. Right. But, you know, it is what it is. I'm not mad at it. I, I'm really not. But um, so obviously, as Carly is, you know, relentlessly kind of attacking Sam and Sam's at this point, you know, he's lost his shield. He's just trying to do whatever he can to still kind of talk Carly out of it. Yes. Um, She picks up a gun, points it at Sam, and, you know, looks as if she's ready to pull the trigger. We don't quite know. But bam, we hear a gunshot. Sharon, you know, who's still wounded on the side shoots Carly and kills her. Sam rushes over. You know, Carly obviously says she's sorry, but, you know, that's kind of the end of Carly. I mean, how'd you feel about this whole scene, Alan? I mean, it was very interesting, so to speak. I mean, I... How, let, let me get your 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 off-the-cuff reaction. I didn't think we'd get a definitive ending to Carly. Mm. Like, that's my biggest thing. I thought... There was much more of a story to be told there. And they might tell it in a death, right? Like, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. They might do. Knowing Marvel, they probably will in some capacity. Yeah. Because, like like we mentioned off-air, there was a whole virus vaccine thing that was taken out of this whole thing, which we'll touch on later when we touch on the Flag Smashers yeah. individually as well. Uh, there's so much story that could have been told still with Carly and Sam. But I'm mm-hmm. sort of disappointed that this was the end of Carly. Sharon Carter, we need to talk about though, bro. Yeah. I don't know whether we talk about her now or if we wait until the post cred scene. Let's wait till the post cred scene. Let's wait till the post cred because I've, I've got my views about Sharon Carter that I need to like spew off on here. This is yeah. this is my vent session for Marvel stuff. I feel you, but yeah, I I, I agree with you 100 on the whole, you know. The whole piece of Carly. I mean, when she got shot, like, she was dead. I was like, huh? That's it? Like, I felt nothing from it. Like, I was actually just kind of confused. I was like, she, she's dead? Like, this is it for her? And, you know, and that's the thing, like we, like you said, with the whole them taking a piece, like a whole virus plot line out of the thing yes. just due to, you know, the insensitivity of the COVID time. So I get it. But, like, 
they introduce the Flag Smashers such as such like this mysterious, innovative group that wants to help people. And it started with them, you know, smuggling vaccines. And we never got anything out of it. Like, I feel like ultimately we never really came to great terms about what the vaccine is. Yes, we didn't know what the vaccine was. And obviously we won't ever get to it because it was a piece that was taken out. But it's like, man, like I felt so dissatisfied with the flag yes. smashers i felt like i didn't get anything out of it carly didn't feel like a villain but she didn't feel like a a, a bad guy that seemed to understand the error in her ways even prior to her death she just kind of said oops and died like sorry yes. sam and died and it was like that's it like there's no where's the whole this came full circle i understand what i wasn't doing right and then you know you meet your untimely demise but it just felt so unsatisfying to me and Honestly, I know we talked about it a little bit in the, the pre-show, but not that you can rip the whole Flag Smashers sequence out of here, and the story doesn't change a terrible amount. No. Like their whole motive, their whole desires, it, it feels it felt so loosely touched and underdeveloped to me. Like, oh, definitely. Like I felt like Carly could have been such a bigger, impactful character, and it, she felt so like she felt like such an accessory that was built up to be something, and then just bam, she died. Yeah. <laughs> it's like what? That's it? Like we don't get anything more from her. Like I know you had hinted that you thought that she could have been a staple character moving forward. And I had honestly thought that would be a cool aspect to explore and obviously get to know more of her as this young leader, this revolutionary person, a person who's been through a lot that is, you know, now changed for the better, but it's like, we really ain't get out. I get nothing out of this. Especially with the young Avengers and stuff like yeah. that, 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 that we're predicting will happen. She felt like the perfect leader for that, like her whole story arc, right? Yeah. And then working with Sam, because obviously being the super soldier and Sam saw what the best of the super soldier will do, and Bucky as well, because obviously the biggest thing we got now is that Bucky and Sam are like brothers, which is what yeah. we expected to happen anyway, right? Yeah. But like, imagine Bucky talking her way through this whole super soldier thing. It would have been huge. Yeah. But we don't get any of it. And Part of me is disappointed. Part of me understands because they just want a definitive ending to what the Flag Smashers are. Yeah. But part of me is disappointed in that, you know, we didn't get more of Carly because I really like the character. And I really like the actor who played Carly as well. I thought she did an absolutely phenomenal job. Yeah. It's just, yeah, I feel like there was so much left to be desired about the character and the whole story surrounding her. And they're just like, nah, yeah, we're slamming the door. So, hey. Project Tahiti is still a real thing, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe one day we'll get the Feige cut of, of Falcon oh, and the man. Winter Soldier. Maybe we'll Give me get the that Feige cut of everything. Right. Give me the Feige cut of everything. I will sit through six hours of Endgame. Yeah, I heard Yeah, I heard that's a, there's a six-hour Endgame out there. I don't know what the hell they left out of that movie that possibly makes it six hours, but I mean, shit. If it was to come out, I, I'll, I'll be there. If we get a two-hour fight scene i will absolutely watch every single minute oh yeah i see oh man but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so i mean after carly you know dies we go back to the flag smashers the remaining ones that have kind of escaped and run into bucky and john walker and i guess they yes. use the app to track them you know from the phone that he got from that random lady that met him in the lobby and this guy john walker decides to spit out an abraham lincoln quote and again this is he's the representation of current America and yes. current America swears on everything that Abraham Lincoln was the best president ever. He freed the slaves. But, you know, I mean, one, they weren't actually free to the 13th Amendment. 
One. No. Two, he didn't want he the only reason he ended the war was simply because, you know, he he didn't want to lose the South, but he appeased them. All those people, you know, seceding from the Union is treason, which is punishable by death. And he just kind of let all that shit slide. It was like, you know, whatever. Hey. But even though he quote unquote freed the slaves, there was still an entire period of segregation and mistreatment, and all this other yes. stuff that went on. So, hey, what Lincoln thinks, he, what people think Lincoln did, but what he actually did also isn't true. And also, the dude was still racist anyway, because, you know, it's not like he really wanted to end slavery. He just thought it, that was the only way to get the war ended, to appease the people in the North. And, you know, sorry, people in the South, but. You know, I'll just say it's over, but you know how long it took for the slaves in the South to hear that that, that, that shit even happened? There were so many people like, we're not going to tell they ass. They're not going to know the difference. And then when they were freed, what were they given? They had nothing. So it was like, uh, I'd rather stay a slave because at least I have a place to live. But that's a, whole, that's a whole history lesson for another day. But <laughs> again, this is my point about John Walker kind of embodying America is that they think these these people that are great people actually weren't that great of people in the grand no. scheme of things. But um. Which is what Sam tried to allude to as well. Yeah. What, yeah. Like it was a beautiful it was a beautiful discourse because Sam basically said it, didn't he? It was like, <clears throat> you know, you can't just use every quote out of context. Like, exactly. But you know, that's that's a that's a history lesson for another time. You guys do your own research. But okay. So <clears throat> this is the big to me, I think the most important or uh, yeah, I'd say this is the most important scene. The other one is a bit later, but I think this is the, the this next scene is the most important where Sam brings Carly's corpse, morbid, right? Um, back to you know the surface level, you know, kind of puts her on a stretcher for them to do whatever the hell she does, and then the senator and you know the other GRC global powers are there. And obviously, before I give my long speech, Alan, give me your, give me your thoughts on this speech that Sam delivers. This is. Probably my favorite monologue in the whole MCU. Yeah. Right? Because he hits on points that are very pertinent for me, being the son of immigrants, mm-hmm. um, you know, refugees from a country that was torn by war. So I, I, I really felt this because it feels like when you tell people that they look down on you, right? Whereas all these people want to do is just have a better life for themselves. Mm-hmm. And we shouldn't treat them any differently. We should be helping them. And yeah, it really resonated with me in a way that I didn't think it would resonate, um, to be honest with you. But I loved it. I, Anthony Mackie has gone from being this guy that I couldn't take seriously to the, this guy who I'm like, you know what? He, he, he He's all right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't see him as Clarence from 8 Mile anymore. It's right. good. <laughs> that's that's facts i mean yeah big applause to anthony mackie man he's really he did a bang out job of acting as sam oh, really? this this series like my my perception of him as an actor has done a complete 180 like you said he's a dude that was like, i can't take this guy seriously like come on we loved him yeah but he was like i can't take a guy in a role in a serious role to be anything. I, I figured he just kind of served as, you know, the black guy comic relief, but to see him become such to develop his character in such a positive way and be able to de- like, if you would have asked, if you would have told me he would deliver a speech like he does this episode, you know, before this series started, I'd be like, there's no way I'm gonna be laughing through the whole thing. Like there's no way this dude could make yes. a straight face. But um, like I said, I mean, obviously you guys watch the episode and you know, it, it, it'd be hard for me to, to pinpoint any, exact thing about it but there's so many 
positive things that he says. You know, he talks about obviously how these people were displaced. Like, what do you think they're fighting for? Have you ever decided to look on the opposite end of the table and see what their struggle is? You guys only see it from your perspective. You know, he calls out, you know, one of the the, the GRC uh, vote, voting members. It was like, you know, you have all this money. You control the banks. You can change borders. You can have forests torn down with, you know, an email. Have you ever thought when you're making these decisions, are the people in the room, the people that you're trying to help, or just more people like you that are living in this privileged world? Your scope can only reach so far. Your lens, your perception can only reach so far. But if you can't sympathize with the other group, then there's a problem. You know, and the center's like, you know, you don't understand. It sounds like, no, trust me, I understand. You know, I'm a black man carrying the stars and stripes. I know that, you know, not everything I do is always perceived to be the best. But, you know, he says, you know, I'm, but here I am, you know, I picked up the shield. I know there are going to be millions of people that hate me for doing it. But at the same time, you know, here I am, no super soldier serum, no blonde hair, no blue eyes. And this is the best thing that he said. He said, my only power is I believe that we can do better. That right there was such a perfect line for the hopes of America. This should be things for for America in totality. We can do better. We haven't always done things the best. There's always been people that have been trampled, hurt, forgotten, whatever. Moving forward, we should be able to do better. And Sam is that personification of we can be better. We can be different. We can continue to push our ideal America. Now, this is a dude who essentially is a disciple of the perfect American figure in Steve Rogers. He's not the same as Steve, but he believes in the same things that Steve does. And I think that's what gives him this, this unique perspective that we haven't seen before. Because, like I said, he doesn't have the super soldier serum. He isn't a, a, the, the stereotypical blonde hair, blue eyes, but, you know... He, he thinks that we could do better as everybody, and he chose to take this mantle because he believes that people should be able to see a Captain America in any form, any color. Yes. It's not necessarily the person who stands behind it in their, you know, their form, but what they believe in. And that's what Captain America ultimately was, was is, a, is a belief. But, man, what a, what a powerful speech that Sam delivers, you know. This this guy's this was a phenomenal piece right here. So many things that he said and so many positives. I know you guys all watched it, but man, you know, watch it again. It really take a step back and you know learn about what he was saying and really get how the other side that we call groups that we call terrorists, you know, groups that we call you know refugees, um, radical folks. refugees. Take a Take a walk in their shoes. What they think, whatever cause they may be fighting for, they think they're right. At the yes. same time that we're fighting against them, we think they're right. You think? What do you think terrorists call us? Probably terrorists. <laughs> you know. Granted, yes. you know. Obviously, there's a radicalization between ideals, and that that's the part where you know things are different, and that's where you know. Sam had told Carly, you know, you, what you're fighting for isn't wrong. How you're going about it is wrong. Yes, so precisely. You know, that's that's the big problem here. In you know what he was saying, just speaks so much volumes to the state of the plan. Is that you know so many people fight for so many different things, but at what point are we looking at the other side of the table and trying to understand our neighbor? Yes, at what point? So man, shout out to Sam for this. Shout out to Marvel for writing this in. Shout out to the writers, the producers, everybody, everybody who's involved in the making of this series. Big round of applause for you guys. This was outstanding. And I think this is the most important scene in the show. 
from in totality. And I also think this is this is such an important thing that Marvel didn't shy away from. And bravo to them, man. Bravo to them. The part I loved about it as well, Quam, is the parts where they kept on cutting to different black people in the MCU. And then when they were cutting to Isaiah Pradley, like nodding in approval, mm-hmm. I thought it was beautiful. I really, really did. They, 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 this whole scene was produced so perfectly, right? It was great. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I really did love this scene and I can't say enough good things about it, but shout out to, shout out to Marvel for really being able to push this envelope. So, um, <clears throat> obviously this is the, the next piece is where, you know, a government gentleman is Sam, Bucky, and Sharon are leaving the scene. You know, he comes up, he's like, hey, Cap, which is cool, you know, it's calling him Cap now. He's like, hey, we got another flag smashes in the water. You know, he's not a threat, but you, you help him out. Sam says, sure, he helps him out. And then, you know, they kind of pack him and the rest of the flag smashers into a van. Before the gentleman closes the door, you know, he says, what world, what people? And then the, the, the vehicle kind of moves off, and then an explosion goes off. It kind of pans out to like the top of a parking garage. There's an older gentleman, which is Baron Zemo's, you know, butler guy. Or I, I don't know what he actually is. I'm just calling Alfred. him Butler. He's Zemo's Alfred. That's, yes. The guy who, you know, they they greeted when they found out Zemo was rich yes. and had a plane. He was the dude who greeted them as they boarded the plane. And I believe the episode was at like three or four. I think it was yes. three. 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 Yes. Or two. Yeah. Three, three, three. Episode three. So. Yeah, I mean, so at that point, the Flag Smashers are kaputs. Bye. <laughs> um, and then it kind of pans to the raft. And, you know, Zebo is listening to the radio and he kind of hears that, you know, um, the remaining Flag Smashers have been killed. You know, none of them none survive. And he kind of, you know, looks at the camera, gives a little smirk, lays on his bed, you know, seems to be joyed that the super soldiers, the new super soldiers are now gone as well. So, yes. hey. I guess the only remaining ones we have are John Walker and Bucky. But hey, and he's I guess fine he, with Bucky. He's fine with Bucky. I mean, I'm sure if he could have clapped John Walker in that same thing, he would have. I don't even know if he knows John Walker is a super soldier. I don't think he knows. Either, I don't think I, he knows. I think he believes that he destroyed all the serums, right? Yeah, that's so. true. That's true. And then right after that, he got taken by the Dora Milaje and slapped onto the raft. So mm-hmm. I don't think he knows that John ever took it. And it's not like there was public news that John ever took the serum. I mean, nobody said anything about it, even in his trial or anything else. So I'll assume that he just doesn't know. Um, but then you'll take your lead on that. Yeah, and then we'll. It kind of, the next scene kind of pans into um, Madam Hydra and Mrs. Walker. We'll call her. I assume that's her name. That's what the subtitle. That's said. what the subtitle said. Yeah, yeah. The subtitle said. So we'll call her Mr. Walker. And you know, she's talking about wow. You know, the remaining super soldiers you know, were killed in axes. Like, looks like Zemo got the final, got it, you know, the last laugh, which again, to be reiterates, yeah, Zemo was about that. And, you know, they're just kind of talking, you know, and she's waiting for John to come out. I guess they changed something about him. Comes out in his new uniform, his U.S. agent uniform, which He's is, gone full U.S. agent. Yeah, which, you know, is a legitimate Marvel character. So, if you guys want to look into the U.S. agent, John Walker, he is a real person. He's a real Marvel character. And now he's brought into the MCU. You know, it's the same uniform. It's just it's the blue is black. It's really the only difference. Um, you know, he, doesn't Adam, have, he doesn't have the big A on his helmet. Yeah, either. the A is gone. And I think is the is the star on his chest gone? I yes. think it might have moved to like the side or something. So. It's a little different. For the most part, it's more or less the same outfit. Just It's enough that you can personify with it. It's like yes. it's said a retool. 
but it's mostly black without the big overt Captain America signs. Yes, it's Captain America, but not. Nah. You know, Madam Hydra kind of tricks him. It's like you know, it's like you know, when you know, situations are going to get a little weird moving forward. And, you know, when they're when they, when they get weird, we're going to need we're not going to need Captain America, but we're going to need a, a U.S. agent. And you know, John's all yeah, I can save people, America, yeah. He still thinks he's doing right. Yeah, he still thinks he's doing the right thing. Which again, the 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 naive piece of John that you know a dude over his yes. head who just wants to do the good thing, but you know isn't the the purest of people because, like we said in his trial, he said, "Yo, this is how you guys made me. This is who I am." So you know, yes. obviously, America has its issues on that side, but you know, obviously, she walks away and says, "Hey." Make sure you answer your phone when I call you. So that alludes that we'll be getting plenty more of John Walker. And obviously, you know, Madam Hydra is not done doing whatever she's doing. So how'd you feel about this little bit of a, this little scene of John kind of coming full circle in his portion of the story closing and obviously alluding to more with him and Madam Hydra. First of all, what was the first thing she said to him last week? Call me Val in your head. Yeah. (laughs) What does he do? Calls her Val. Calls her Val. She says, don't oh, call me that. <laughs> John Walker. What a guy. Oh, I'm so glad we get a break from that guy, man. Seriously. It'll be nice. It'll be nice to be done with him. Oh, man. You, you can say that again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. The whole discourse was not so serious that like it was like super foreboding. Mm-hmm. But like if you read between the lines, you're like, oh, shit. Like, Something big is about to happen here. Yeah. Which is why I loved it. They didn't give you any detail at all as to what it is. No. But at the same time, they've left you with enough nuggets that you're going to get super excited about it. Shout out to Marvel for doing that. Yeah. We don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be something. So exactly. we, we do know that these characters, we've not seen the last of them. And that's what I'm always excited for. When will we get the next, the next piece of the story here? Uh, I think it'll be relatively like, I think Captain America 4 will revolve around this, right? That, that's where I'm going right now. Yeah. You, you very well could be right. So the next scene transitions to Bucky on his path to redemption. He joins up with his old man friend. Damn, I forgot his name. Yori. Yori. There it is. Uh, and, you know, this is the point where, you know, and this is where he's kind of taking Sam's advice where, you know, some, you know, you've been trying to atone for, you know, your, your sins and whatnot, um, the wrong way. Maybe you just need to be of service to these people, you know, let them know what it really is. So he goes to Yuri's house, explains that, you know, your son that died, you know, he, he was murdered by the winter soldier. And that was me. Obviously Yuri's devastated and, you know, I, I'm sure that relationship is probably frayed, but I mean, just being able to admit it and explain kind of how it happened, I'm sure, you know, brought some sort of closure to Bucky. And while, you know, he can't go back and take back what he did, you know, at least the truth is known now of what actually happened that night. So closure on, on both fronts, but man, power to Bucky for being brave enough to take care of that. Um, Also, also, I just think it was a really powerful scene because we get, after this, sorry, we get, you know, this scene where he's looking into the window where he sees Yuri with that waitress that he had a date with. Mm. Then after that, we get the scene with the therapist, Dr. Rayner. 
Yeah. Where he sends her the little black notebook. And I thought that was so powerful as well, man. Yeah. Then the the notebook, you know, they she opens it up and you can see that all the names are crossed off. And you know, he has a little letter with it and says, you know, thanks for everything, Doc. So this is also the closure of the Bucky storyline where he's kinda he he he's made his amends as the winter soldier. Yes. And that chapter of his life is done. And you know, he'll move forward as you know, this new person um you know this new figure we'll call him bucky i'm not i don't really like calling him the winter soldier anymore because he's not necessarily that person but it is great to see his development and that's what was huge about this whole series the entire time was just the development of who bucky and sam were to who they are and who they're going to be so big shouts out to to that to you know kind of tying the bow on that portion of the bucky storyline for this series Obviously, we just got the John Walker before that. Yes. And then, you know, we'll move on to, to Sam. So Sam heads up to Baltimore, you know, knocks on Isaiah Bradley's door. His his his, his goofy-ass grandson, he you does know, like, what you want, Black Falcon? Dude's like, you know, you need to learn some manners. <laughs> you know, it's which makes sense. Yeah, this little snappy-ass kid. Every time he talks to him, he's always got some damn attitude. It's like, for what? Um, but, you know, Isaiah shows up. He's, he's like, you know, he's not the Falcon anymore. He's not the Black Falcon anymore. He's like, but he's still black. You know, yes. you know, they head to the backyard and they have a bit of conversation and Isaiah Brad Isaiah Bradley seems to almost come to terms with what Sam did and you know, understand where he comes from, you know. He even gives the compliment that you know he's like, Yeah, you know, you're special. You know, I'll give yes. you that. You're special. You know, you're not, you know, that special. You're not Malcolm, you're not Martin, you're not Mandela, but you know, you're special. And you know, Sam, you know, appreciates that. He's like, so, you know, a black Captain America, huh? And Sam's like, you know, you're damn right. Perfect. You know, he he's embraced it. He seemed to kind of get the, you know, the indirect approval from Isaiah. So I think Sam really feels nestled in this new persona and feels good about it, in my opinion. Yes, definitely. And I like that the discourse wasn't super long here either. Yes. The, the little snappy things is all that we needed. I thought it was perfect. I really do. There's people complaining that this series moves on too quickly and use this as an, as an example. But what Isaiah Bradley showed here to me is not that he moved on too quickly. It's like he finally saw it with his own eyes, which is why he's now believing it. Not that he, um, you know, obviously moved on too quickly. No, it's just he saw it. He didn't believe he didn't believe it could happen until it happened, right? Yeah. And I think people just like to complain about anything with stuff like this. No, totally. But no, I think it was perfect. Yeah, he got to see it with his own eyes. He got to see Sam's speech, understand what Sam was saying on national yes. television. And you know, I'm sure he had a little bit of time to decompress it. And he's like, you know, hey, be- best of luck to you, man. He's like, I I did think it was possible, but it looks like you 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 have made it possible. You know, obviously the world isn't quite the way it was. It's not completely different, but him being the person who's going to step forward first shows you know a huge amount of you know justice of who Sam is, just being the first person to kind of take that step and him embracing that role. So definitely, um, you know, Sam tells you know Isaiah and his grandson, hey, get cleaned up. We're, we're I, I got to show you something. So. He, they head over to you know the Captain America Memorial, um, and this is the part. This is the uh, easily the second best scene in my opinion. Um, yes. You know, as they're walking through the exhibits, you know they pull up to a, a special one. It's a new one, and it is in remembrance of Isaiah Bradley. So Sam was able to get a piece of you know the original 
black Captain America, quote unquote, to have a a, a, a staple in the total Captain America memorial. And you know, he he mentions, you know, now America will never will never forget what you did for this country. And that was amazing, man. Cause this is a dude who wanted to obviously, you know, lay in the shadows. But even though Sam, you know, he wanted him to get his recognition, but also obviously not, you know, make Isaiah uncomfortable and make him reveal yes. who he is. So he's able to get this monument, you know, this statue erected and, you know, that little tablet that explained, you know, his story and, you know, the truth. And, I, you know, I was able to pause it and kind of read the tablet a bit. And it seemed to explain the exact truth, that, you know, um, African-American, you know, soldiers were experimented on. A group of them succeeded. They were sent on a mission. Isaiah rescued them. And, then, you know, fear of repercussions of, you know, a black super soldier, you know, he was in prison and they told his truth. But it's, he he gets his recognition, which I thought was huge, because this is a dude who's obviously dealt with a lot of pain, a lot of mistrust, and, you know, a deep-rooted sense of, you know, America's no good. And, you know, Sam continues to show what a great person he is to be able to grant this to Isaiah, you know. This shit almost brought me to tears, man. This is such a powerful thing, just to see Isaiah's Same reaction here. to, you know, obviously a dude who's thought he, he's been just a forgotten man, and now he's going to get this, this piece that, a lot of people didn't know, but will know and will remember. Man, that shit was awesome. Phenomenal. Truly, truly, truly phenomenal. And it's the biggest juxtaposition from episode one to episode six, right? Where Sam couldn't even get a loan out on his name. Yeah. And now he has enough sway that he can just change the memorial exhibit of Captain America. I've, amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah, and this is kind of kind of shows that, you know, even though there's a lot of bad in America and a lot of things that, you know, are still problems that do need to be touched on, there are these rays of hope. It, the truth just needs to be said, and we need to be honest with our past and be, you know, more careful with our future. So definitely shout out to that, and I think that was the big thing. But obviously, you know, we move on to, you know, the final scene where, you know, Sam's back home in Louisiana, big party. I assume, you know, they're celebrating the Wilson family boat. You know, Bucky's invited to the cookout. You know, everybody's laughing, smiling. He brings a cake. Bucky's out here flirting with Sam's sister while holding three kids on his arm, chatting it up. You know, great scene, great bit of closure. Sam's taking pictures with all the people. And, you know, they, you know, they kind of walk off into the sunset, you know, Sam with his arm around Bucky, you know, that kind of wraps up and puts a, t a bow on it that these guys are friends man they 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 started as you know kind of like iffy partners or whatever but now nah, these guys are friends they're teammates they're th this is going to be a partnership that is going to last i mean shit we all do it right of course we all do it so beautiful to see man beautiful absolutely beautiful to see um and then that kind of ends, and then you know we get a little pan a little panned um text that pops up on the screen and you know says the captain america and the Winter Soldier. So Sam yes. has officially changed his identity, changed his title. Here we are. Let's go. And what, a, what an episode. What an episode, man. Two man. of the most powerful scenes of the entire series planted in this episode. Just two of the most powerful scenes in the MCU. I yeah. Human. Amazing. Great job. But we have to finish on the postcard. Yeah. <laughs> I know you got a lot to say about this one, so dive, take us into it, Alan. Take us in. So we're at a Senate hearing, from what I gather, because obviously I'm in England, so I have no idea how you guys do things. You think I know? <laughs> <laughs> You're my port of call, apart from a couple of my other American friends. So. Yeah. Let, 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 
let's just say it was a Senate hearing. Mm. And Sharon Carter's there, and we get Sharon getting a full apology, a full pardon, and the opportunity to work for a, whatever intelligence agency she was in a role that was similar to what she had. So I don't know whether this will be sword. I think it will be sword for what it's worth because of Nick Fury and that tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and she accepts, obviously. And then at the end, we get her on a phone call saying that she is now ready as the power broker to sell all the tech and secrets to the highest bidder from the US government, which is wild to me, like really, really wild. And then it, then it sort of like ends there, doesn't it? Like, you know, um, and I don't know. I don't get how the niece of Peggy Carter, who, again, alongside Steve, was the personification of everything good in the MCU, has a niece that's gone so away from that strain, right? Like, I don't get it. I really, really don't. What's your take on it before I, like, super dive into it? Yeah, I mean, I don't really get it either. And I wonder why she feels so so scarred i mean obviously she was on the run and i guess i mean i'm just i don't have an actual year prediction but i'm assuming it's probably been about seven ish years since she was banned from the country yes because i mean i'll say five years for the blip and then i don't even know if she was blipped away or not i assume she wasn't because she's working with no. you know all the the the, the she developed smashers and all that she and, developed know, enough time that she could be in charge of madripoor Exactly. So, you know, it seems like she's been around quite some time, but like, I just don't understand what could make, what could have made her switch in her mind that she was this scarred. I mean, Carly alluded to it a little bit that, you know, you know, you seek to control a world that, that, you know, turn their back on you while I want to change it. So, I mean, is she really that, you know, power obsessed? But I mean, at this point, I don't even know if she's power obsessed. And she just sounds like she just wants some money. She's talking about yes. selling prototypes off and government secrets and selling it. Like, does she only care about money? So, like, I'm very confused with her character and who she is and all that. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to think of Sharon right now. I'm just kind of like, I don't get it. <laughs> like, it just makes no sense. It just doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand. But not in a bad way. In a way that it leaves us questioning for more. So I don't want people to say, oh, yeah, yes, critic- I'm not criticizing Marvel because what Marvel have done is they've created an even more interesting character right, than what she had in my head anyway. Mm-hmm. So kudos to them for that. I just need to see where it goes, man. That's what I need. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I agree with you 100%. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, right now, again, that's another piece along with the Flag Smashers that just felt like just thrown in for, you know, no real reason you didn't really get a great closure with like i said if you didn't know sharon was the flag smasher after she somehow had control of the satellites and all this other stuff you've lost your damn mind you know it's either you thought she was working for the power broker or she was if you didn't think those two things and i don't know what to tell you open your eyes but i mean i just felt like there's just so much left to be desired with the whole those two storylines and i'm just like ah, yes i really know what to think it's like I said, because you know how much I love Peggy. Mm. It, it, knowing that she's like the last living remnant of Peggy Carter and she's evil. Yeah. Just doesn't sit right with me. That's my biggest takeaway. Yeah. So yeah. 
that that's the Falcon and Winter Soldier for you. Yes, man. What a what a series. I mean, again, very different from WandaVision, but I liked it. I, I like you said, it felt more like a movie than you know a TV series. I mean, I think the biggest things here was just to obviously talk about the adjustment from Sam being the Falcon to becoming Captain America and Bucky, you know, feeling like this misplaced figure from, you know, the the 1920s, you know, now moving to, you know, a, you know, a 90 year difference. He's moving into this current age. He has so many bad things he's done. He's having nightmares about all his past dealings and demons and all that. And for him to kind of, put all that behind him, really fight for, you know, truth, justice, righteousness, all the things he's learned, becoming a a friend, a mentor to Sam as they kind of carry this Captain America mantle forward. You know, he was he was he was uh Steve's best friend. And now, you know, it's moving like he's gonna be Sam's best friend as well. So he's basically yes. the excess the constant accessory to the Captain America title. I thought I think it's phenomenal. Absolutely fantastic. Man, like what a series! And if you, as long as you look at it from that perspective, that he was really helping those that this whole series was really just to develop those two characters into their new personas, their new, um, their new characters moving forward. That change, and, you know, you can throw, you can, you know, ignore the flag smasher debacle. You can, you know, look past the the weirdness of Sharon being the power broker. But I think ultimately, just like WandaVision, this is really just to give characters we didn't really know a lot about a storyline that we could that really resonates with us and really helps develop them into main characters. These started as side characters and now are main characters in the MCU. So bravo to Marvel. And, you know, I'm excited for the rest of their series. I'm excited for everything we get this year in the continued universe. But man, you know, way to tie a bow on on series two precisely what a way what a way so obviously we did our rankings for one division out of ten you gave it a nine i gave it a nine and a half what do you give the falcon and the winter soldier i'm gonna give the falcon and winter soldier i mean i'm gonna give it an eight man i wish i could give it a little bit more but the part of the flag smashers just being so botched Sharon being a complete goon of a character, I can't give it any higher. I mean, I absolutely love what they did with Sam and Bucky. I love all these social justice stances that they took. I loved how, you know, they put America's mindset into perspective. I didn't like John Walker's character, ultimately. I mean, do I hate his guts? Yes, but I liked how they developed Great character. him. I liked how they developed him, and they made him an unlikable character intentionally. Yes. So... But the fact that they completely imploded two factors that I felt should have been key makes upsets me. It makes me knock it down a little bit. Actually, I'm gonna correct it. I'm gonna give it an eight and a half because I really, really did like the writing. It's just those two pieces leave so much to be desired from this series. But like I said, if you look at it just from the mindset of Sam and Bucky's character development, it's it's perfect. But I can't fully ignore those other two pieces so it takes points away i'm, I'm glad you went eight and a half because i can go eight here because i didn't want to <laughs> go less than eight and, 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 and i didn't want us to to have the same rating either. yeah i really love this mm-hmm. this has me asking more questions in a different way than one division 
one division just left me with a ton of theories at the end. Yes. Whereas this is like, what would have happened if we didn't have COVID? Yeah, like because, what the hell? What do we? What do we miss? <laughs> like, yeah, like it feels like we missed something huge. Yeah. The whole Sharon thing, I like. I'm not. It's not an issue for me. So I'm not knocking it that. I just knock it down two points out of ten, just because of that whole missed saga that we got. And it feels like they could have stretched out a little more. Yeah. We could have got nine or ten episodes out of this as well, in my opinion, anyway. That's how I feel. I feel like this should have been a 10-episode series that they made six because they basically got rid of an entire subplot to the story. I mean, I, like I said, the whole piece of... And also, another thing is we didn't get enough Zemo or Wakanda. No. Not enough, not, in not, my not. opinion. Not enough to satisfy me. I did love both their appearances, and I thought those were great things that I didn't expect to even see. So I'm happy for that. I wish I could have got some more, but, you know, like I said, for me, this whole series, just in my mind, is just the development of the two characters, Sam figuring out how he's going to take on this Captain America mantle and ultimately taking it, Bucky just coming to terms with his past, and those two becoming a a power duo. But, man, like I said, the, the Flag Smashers, that part sucked to me. Like, I'm so mad about that. When she died, I was really like, she's dead. Like, that's all, folks. We get nothing yes. else. That's the end of the flag. And then Zebo blew the rest of the asses up. And I'm like, huh? You know, it just it just didn't feel like what I had hoped it would feel like. So, I mean, again, not necessarily upset about it. It's just like, just felt like that that part was missed, could, though. That was more. Yeah. And there obviously was. But we, it, the fact that we missed it. I feel like it's so important to the whole story. Exactly. Like, maybe they should have written it slightly different. I mean, obviously, I'm sure... I mean, this was recorded. Most of it was recorded pre-COVID. So, it's hard to, you know, go back and do anything. Especially when it was, like, the heat of COVID and the time to have to go back and reproduce. So, I get it. But, like, again, it just felt like there was a a huge portion of the story that was just missed. But other than that, fantastic series. I loved it. Marvel has been knocking it out the park. I, I know Loki's gonna be banana, so I'm super I can't excited wait. for that. I cannot wait. The amount of theories that we'll have off of that show will right. be insane. As this dude's traveling to repair all these wacky timelines, I'm sure we're gonna get all types of fun things in there. So And we have Owen Wilson in it as well. Yes, sir. Excited. Who thought we'd get Owen Wilson in the MCU? Tell you the the roster of the MCU is absolutely bananas. And just for disclosure before we round up. I'm going to have a bit of a run. Only about a 20-second one. I hate the people that say that the MCU is people's payday. I hate it. Because you have character development, you have real stories, you have real issues that are discussed, and on top of that, they're paid well. Okay? They are paid well. You know, these 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 movies, these TV shows are the highest grossing shows and movies in the world, right? They, they should be paid well. Yeah. All these actors. But to act like they, they just do it because of the paycheck, I think is stupid. No. Because, like, Chris Hemsworth is going to get paid regardless. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is going to get paid regardless. Chris Evans is going to get paid regardless. Benedict Cumberbatch will get paid regardless, right? Like, these guys are A-list movie stars. We're not talking, like, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of a, um, a movie star that we had. Like a Tobey Maguire. When he got the yeah. Spider-Man gig. Spider-Man made him into this A-list actor, right? Like that's yeah. the thing that propelled him from being like a really good but like not a nondescript actor to being a leading man in TV sh- in a movie, sorry. Yeah. So 
my rant to people is, can we just enjoy Marvel films and not try to nitpick them all the time? It really, really annoys me, man. I feel that. I feel that to a T. Just enjoy it for what it is. All the extra business, it, it, it's irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. But, I mean, you got to remember, when the MCU was starting up, Marvel just was, they were, they had no damn money. Remember, no. they were selling all their characters off. That's why Spider-Man's with Sony. They had to sell these characters off to try and generate some profit. These guys didn't start off, you know, being the highest grossing films of all time. They had to develop this, and that came with good writing, good production. They had to rebuild yes. their entire brand, essentially. So let's not act like these dudes just had a gold chest that they cracked open and just started paying people. They had to develop this, and people took a chance to to get these paydays. So, like, hey, man, I don't, I don't really care for all that banter, but we're here now. Deal with it and enjoy it for what it is. Just enjoy definitely. it. Definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm in full agreement with you there. Yeah. So that's that wrapped up then, I guess. That's, yeah, you know. I would say so. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it quite a bit more with our, of with course. our guests and, you know, get their thoughts and feelings about it. You know, obviously, we will we could even do a little bit of comparisons between this versus WandaVision and so on and so forth. A few deep diving theories. I'm sure after we take a couple of rewatches, we might have some other perspectives. But, yeah, man, I think this that's it for this one. It was a fun ride, man. I really enjoyed it, and I'm glad we didn't theorize as much with this one. I'm glad yeah. we just enjoyed it for what it was, because exactly. I feel like the theories with this one were, were sort of irrelevant, and I hope the, the listeners agree with us on that as well. You know, with WandaVision, the theories were a lot more prevalent, right? They, they, they really were. Mm. But with this, I don't think it is. Yeah, I would have to so, say so. Like you so said, shout- the only questions that kind of remain are just like, what happened or like so what what's gonna happen with this there's not a lot of you know well it could be this or it could be we kind of got everything that we expected out of this so shout out to them for that you know they they, they really did tell a great story Quam, where can the good people find you as always you can find me on twitter at laquan james you know you can always find me right here on the blipped in podcast also a frequent every guest, monday every monday also, a frequent guest of the Late Night Lake Show podcast, our Creative Eye Studio counterparts. You can also catch me every now and then on Alan's podcast, The Lakers Side Chats. Had to plug that in for my boy one time. But, Alan, where could the good people find you, my friend? So, obviously, here, this is like my um, weekly stuff now. The Lakers Side Chats is a very um, fluid schedule pertaining on what happens <laughs> with the Lakers and NBA, right? So, yeah. You know, shout out to the Lakers side chats. A great, great, great deal of fun that I have there. Yes. You, you can also catch me on the timeline at AlanRamy03, as it has always been. You can also catch me on the Direct Snap NFL podcast, which is coming out very, very soon. Oh, okay. So a nice little venture I'm part of. Um, and yeah, thank you again, guys, for listening. Yes. Um, Please be sure to leave a rating review wherever you find this podcast. Even that one five star of it rating every week will do us a great deal of good, right? You know, it'll, it'll help us out a lot in trying to, you know, get this get this podcast out there as much as we possibly can. In addition to that, guys, please stay safe, get vaccinated, wash your hands, wear your masks properly over your noses. <laughs> Otherwise, there's no point in you wearing a mask. Yeah. And be sure to stay blipped in. Take care. See you next week.